you're listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Hello and welcome to the Transport for the North podcast. I'm your host, Gemma, and we are continuing in our series of chats with our members from across the region. And we're talking all about ways to level up the North. I'm very pleased to have joining me today, Councillor Phil Riley. He is the Executive Member for Growth and Development at Blackburn with Darwin Council. Hello to you, Phil. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm fine. Yes, it's a nice sunny day. So, uh, and it feels a bit like uh, some uh, nice things are starting to happen. Absolutely, yes. More of that to come, please. I feel like we're on the uh, we're on the right path now. Um, Councillor Riley, could you start just by telling us a little bit about your background, a bit about Blackburn with Darwin, and uh, yeah, some of the some of the key things we need to know about you and and your patch. Okay. Um, so, uh, so Blackburn with Darwin is a uh, it's a unitary authority. Um, it's probably one of the smallest in the country. Um, it uh, originated from a, a sort of breakaway from Lancashire County Council back in about I think 1997. We took the opportunity then um, to to sort of uh, you know to, to to go off on our own. Um, haven't regretted it, I have to say, um, but it but it's 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 left us as a, as a small unitary authority, uh, about a hundred and fifty thousand population, um, mainly about about forty thousand in Darwin and obviously about one hundred and ten thousand in Blackburn, um, and um, obviously you know we we benefited from the fact that we now are in charge of our own destiny on everything, but. Ideally, we we would be bigger, I think, and and to some degree, we've been very much pushing a sort of idea of a a kind of Pennine unitary. Um, but as as most things in Lancashire are, it uh, it found us really on um, trying to get a lot of agreement from a lot of people all at the same time, and so uh, we that's not going too far. But I think in the long term, that would be our our ambition would be that we think that will be a, a, a better model. I like that phrase he used, um, in charge of our own destiny, and that's something that very much we're uh, pushing for across the north through TFN. Um, that you know, it's it, it, it's our north. We need a say. We need uh, we need input and, and control. So yeah, that's yeah. Um, great to hear that. That's that's working out really well for uh, for Blackburn with Darwin. Um, let's start by thinking about some of the biggest challenges that you have faced in the area. What, what would you say are the, are the, are the top issues that, that you've been facing? We're not, we weren't particularly lucky with the boundaries which um, of the borough. I mean, they, they date back to sort of 1974 and that reorganisation. But um, almost 40% of the borough is, uh, is green belt. And that's mainly around the uh, West Pennine Moors, uh, South and sort of west of Darwin um, and that's a, a lovely area and we'll we'll come back to that I think later on when we talk about some of our ambitions um, but what it does mean uh, without sounding like a Philistine is it, it's it it's not particularly helpful from an economic perspective all 
obviously um, it's it's moorland and it's a sort of area of natural beauty. So there's no building on there. There's no factories. There's no houses. So it does mean that the the borough itself is, from an economic perspective, is is quite small. Um, and uh, what we've we've currently just launched a, a draft local plan and. Um, one of the things that we're trying to fix in that new local plan is the uh, lack of industrial sites around for new businesses to to grow into because we're we're sort of getting pretty much full. Um, so that's that's a, that's a significant um, issue for us. The um, the the you know the the other thing in, in related to that is that. Um, I think about 60%, maybe a little bit more of housing is, is pre-1919 uh, terraces with a overwhelmingly in the lowest band of uh, council tax. So from a council point of view, um, it, it does mean that, that um, it, doesn't, it doesn't bring in huge sums of money. So um, council finances are, I think, just hard. and. Um, we just have to work very well to and very hard to kind of balance budgets uh, and and that's something we've got into the habit of doing and um, in the year that ended just before the uh, pandemic um, we'd you know had quite a successful year coming on budget increased the uh, reserves by a couple of million which for us is is quite a, a big number um, so it's it's a small operation, I think, is probably the uh, the most sensible thing to say. You know, certainly, for example, compared to the likes of uh, you know Manchester and uh, Merseyside. And what about some of the um, local challenges with regards to transport? How has Blackburn fared over the years in terms of investment? Where are the key issues and where are the, some of the um, opportunities for improving connectivity? The, the, the line down to the main train line, obviously, is um, runs. Well, it runs north of Blackburn to Clitheroe. Um, and that's a line that was reopened. Uh, I think about the 1990s, um, but the main line obviously is is from Manchester is, is from Manchester to Blackburn or Blackburn to Manchester, and until quite recently it was um, the, the, it was single track in a particular an area soft tunnel it's called just south of Darwin. Um, this is a sort of piece of Victorian heritage, um, and obviously that was a that that was a um, a constraining issue for us. Uh, we we got some uh, grant money and all sorts of other things, and five, no, maybe eight or nine years ago, and managed to. It's now it's now we've now dual tracked it. So that now means, or it or it meant uh, before the pandemic that um, you know we had half half hourly train service to Manchester, which is uh, something that we've been aspiring to. Um, so that was that was a piece of progress. It's still it's still hourly going north to Clitheroe. Um, from a decarbonisation point of view, the electrification stops at Bolton, uh, and that's one of the things, obviously, that we'd really like to see extended. We'd like to see that electrification project come farther north, probably sensibly, really up to Clitheroe. There's no particular reason for it to stop in Blackburn, in our view. Um, and um, the, you know, and, the, and there's, there's the, the other. I suppose the, the, 
road roadways, we've got the M65, which runs uh, past Blackburn. In, in, in their wisdom, it's two lane in quite a lot of places. So one of our big asks of, of, um, of government is um, a sort of a piece of work on which we've put into the government's kind of pinch points program, which is about trying to improve that two lane to three lane because um, you know, it, 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 it's three lane in a couple of places, then it goes to two, then it goes back to three. Not entirely surprisingly, there's often crashes. Um, so that would be something that we would uh, we would also want to see. Um, and and in the uh, you know, in the, 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 we, we've recently got a new uh, a train uh, depot has been built or near well, just in the centre of Blackburn, um, which. In the long run, we're hoping will mean that uh, we might get later trains, maybe from Manchester. Um, currently, the last train on a Saturday is about eleven o'clock, and in the, in the world in the world when there used to be football matches and that kind of stuff, you can imagine that that train was uh, anyway. It was hard going. Was probably the best thing to say, and everybody was jammed in it. People who'd been to the theatre, people who'd been to concerts. People who've been at football match and in a pub since about half past five. Um, so it certainly wasn't a train for the faint of hearts. And I think we're hoping that once everything settles down again, we can be looking at later trains because obviously they, they now are, are garaged in, in Blackburn, don't have to be driven on to some far flung place so the driver can, um, can go home. You, you mentioned earlier um, a large. Um, percentage of the of the area is is green belt but then also um densely populated in many areas as well with those terraced houses often often um multi-generational occupancy yeah that's obviously you know a big contrast very very rural on on in, in some parts and quite densely populated in in others how does that impact people's choices when it when it comes to transport you know in terms of do they get straight into the car is active travel an option? Are the public transport connections what people want? I think, uh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think, I think the car is the natural choice. Um, I'm, I think it's, it's, it's probably the disadvantages of of using the car are are not they're not very obvious in that sense. You know, I mean, I, I can absolutely understand why people. You know, I mean, I've got. Uh, son and the daughter and families who both live in south london and and i understand why they don't use the car because you know you, you you your journeys are unpredictable in this part of lancashire in fairness the the journeys are by car are pretty predictable i mean it's interesting i've i've, I've relatively recently met two or three people who've moved up to blackburn from the london area um, for various business related reasons and, and one of the things they really like is the predictability of journeys where you get in your car and you head off to somewhere and you get there in about the same time as you expected to get there um, so I think it I think it that, that makes it very attractive to use your car parking isn't that big a problem so the the disadvantages of using cars in, in bigger cities I think don't really apply in this relatively small environment so I, you know, I, I, that's one of the challenges about trying to um, encourage people, obviously, onto on, onto public transport. Now, you, I mean, you, you talk about active travel. There's 
one of the things I suspect, like most places, that has become really noticeable during the pandemic is how many more people there are walking about, having a, and that that'll be an interesting thing um, to see how that will continue. Will it continue? Will people carry on doing it? Um, cycling, you know, is 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 clearly something that a lot of people have been doing again, and we've uh, we've got some plans for a, a sort of cycle track. Um, and a walking track along one of the sort of main roads, which we're starting to just work up. And, uh, you know, a couple of conversations I've had with youngsters have suggested that people think that's a good idea. So it's, it's I think a lot of this is is uh, is unfinished business, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and as as you reference, you know, we're uh, we're still in uh, in a pandemic. Things have very much changed. We're having to do things differently. So there's opportunities, there's unknowns to come in terms of how we uh, how we want to go about traveling over the coming months and uh, and even years as well and um, so let's get into the uh, the big question um leveling up it's a phrase that's been uh, widely used over the yep. past few months we're recording this um the day before the budget expecting um the chancellor to to reference it in his statement uh tomorrow um if we say leveling up what are the key priorities that you want to see supported um to take forward that leveling up agenda for the north what we need um, above all else i think is is a consistent period of investment in the north um because that's one of the things that hasn't happened um previously there's been sort of almost like splurges of when governments have taken an interest in the north and then uh, then there's periods of time when they don't do but that kind of the, the consistent investment which has obviously happened in the in the south of the country is something that we we need to see and that's of course that's one of the reasons why transport for the north is 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 so important you know it, it's it's a voice really for northern leaders to um to, to make the points, but to make them on a consistent basis, not on a, a kind of going down to Westminster and standing in a queue and knocking on the door kind of basis, but on a basis that says this is a sort of statutory body. This is, you know, we we believe as a nation that the North has to, uh, ought to have a say in its own destiny, ought to be able to um, direct government sort of decisions by saying no 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 this is what we really need so i mean that's that's really one of the things that's 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 very significant um and then what we 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 need uh, you know i mean i'm afraid we we i, I was gonna say i'm trying not to say we need money but we need money um because that's how it works really and and some you know a lot of places particularly in east lancashire this isn't this isn't the most uh affluent place in the world um We've got a, a pretty low base for for wages. It's it's a sort of low wage area, traditionally because of uh, work in the mills and things of that nature. People haven't really. It's it's, it's still curiously a bit of a sort of. Uh, it's got an impact on us. Um, so the we we need consistency really, and people need to know that um, that if they want to invest, then that that investment will be consistently supported. Um, now, I think, you know, that for me, that's a sort of bigger story. Um, and, and, and TFN to a degree is obviously, well, sorry, not to a degree. TFN is, is critical to that because it's critical to that um, 
that sort of idea that says, you know, that the North is here to stay. Northern leaders have a view. They want to talk about it uh, and they want to talk it, talk about it to government, not in a cap in hand fashion, not in a sort of, as I said earlier, not in a kind of going down to Westminster and standing in line way, but in a way that just says, look, this is this is what we need to do because this is a very important part of the country. Absolutely right. And, you know, that that northern voice, that that one voice for the region um, is so important. And of course, TFM was the first uh, body set up to to provide that. And yeah, absolutely. You know, we've been uh, shouting loud and shouting uh, often about what we need. So, um, yeah, we'll see see what um, what we what we uh, see out of the the, the budget and, and other things over the, the coming months as well. In, in terms of specific uh, projects or schemes that you think would would really drive forward, um, you know, again, levelling up, building back better, economic growth, um, is there anything that you would pinpoint specifically in the area that, that could really make that difference for, for connectivity? The one thing that we do go on about at every, every opportunity we can is, is the train line, uh, I think it... it I think it's called the Roses Line, but it's a train line that it begins in Blackpool and ends up in uh, York. But it, having gone through Preston, it goes through Blackburn, obviously, through East Lancashire, and then over the Pennines to Bradford and to Leeds. Um, and uh, it's the journey is about two hours currently. Um, it at places it's the train because of the terrain is traveling at 15 miles an hour and 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 the, and the problem is is that as a as an alternative to making the journey in a car it's just it's not a practical alternative so there is curiously and i mean and obviously in the, in the days of the sort of um, cotton textiles then there was a lot of activity between this part of Lancashire and West Yorkshire um, cotton woolen textiles um, and curiously there is still there's still a considerable amount of economic activity um, between those two areas far more than you would sort of naturally think and that the the, the this as a piece of um, improvement and investment in that train line would be uh, would be it would be symbolic i mean you know if, if, if we wanted one simple thing that would symbolize leveling up in this part of the world and so you know i mean the advantage from the government's point of view would be that it's this this ask is the same ask as uh, we've got in accrington or in burnley um cone and two or three other you know smaller villages in that sort of west yorkshire area so there's there's a number of um of places which i think probably are characterized as as left behind um all of which will be improved and and there would be a piece of symbolic uh a, a sort of symbolism about it which will be valuable the problem the problem for this part this east lancashire with the current sort of strategy of, of TFN and it's not it's not really a criticism it's it is an observation is that because it is concentrating currently on big projects that are very much city driven um Manchester to Sheffield Liverpool to Manchester Manchester to Leeds um up into the northeast because because it's city driven then 
there is a danger that whilst a huge amount of money will be in you know will be invested if the plans come to fruition um the impact on places like east lancashire will actually not be that great it will all be happening down in manchester um so you know if 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 for, for a traveler in 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 blackburn who wanted to benefit from some of the proposals then you would have to make a journey down to to manchester to sort of to avail yourselves of it um, now, obviously, there's a, there's a sort of talk of HS2, but I mean, on the on the current trajectory, I mean, HS2 looks like it's going to end up in this part of the world. I would have thought 2040-ish, maybe later. So, from a, from the travelling public's point of view, that's not a reason why they would, you know, you, we will not get people to go back onto trains in the next six months um, on the promise of what HS2 might do in. 2040 so there is a there is a requirement for probably small levels of investment and particularly that uh, that line that links across to uh, to west yorkshire will be will be a really good place to start I, I think you're absolutely right and, and of course the the major infrastructure projects like um hs2 and northern powerhouse rail are so important on a regional on and on a uh, national and even international level uh, but absolutely there's so many of those uh, more local schemes and more of the quick win schemes and i know right. in the economic recovery plan that we published um last summer um, you know, 160 odd schemes in there, road and rail and, and smart ticketing and, and, and very much focusing on what can be done in the coming few years rather than 20 years to really start to make a difference in the in the short term, um, which is which is so important as well. And that brings me on quite nicely to um, the final area of discussion, uh, which is the uh, the C word, I'm afraid, COVID. Um, mm obviously a massive impact on the way we travel, on the way we work, on the way we get our shopping and, and, and live our lives um, all, all round. What kind of things do you think we've learned? And, and again, what's going to be important over the coming months and years um, for us to, to adjust or, or reassess in terms of um, opportunities for doing things differently, getting people off to, off back onto public transport? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's uh, I think it's pretty common knowledge that, that, that Blackburn and Blackburn with Darwin has been really badly hit by COVID. I mean, we've been we've we've been in restrictions now, I think, for well, for longer than anywhere with the possibility that Leicester might be <laughs> narrowly uh, beating us to that uh, pretty unfortunate sort of title. Um, we've been in some level of restrictions in some parts of the borough since about, I think, July. Um, and it feels to people, you know, like it has just gone on and on. Um, so th it's it's had a, a, a huge effect, obviously, on the town centre. People haven't been coming into the town centre. It's been shut for periods of time. When it's not shut, I think there's a, a nervousness. So it's it's going to take a, a long time, I think, for people to to recover. And there's almost a sort of existential crisis, really, for particularly for public transport, in that for so long um, people have been told not to use it, um, and it's it's going to be interesting to see how 
how confident people are to reuse it. It's will they start to when they start to be able to get to places, will their natural tendency make them use the, the their car or if they haven't got a car, you know, what will they do? So I think there is a there's a there's a real I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day who was telling me that they'd recently made a journey, I think to, from uh, from Preston to London, and when they got off at Euston, there were three people got off the train. So if you can imagine, you know, normally the the train arrives and there's hundreds of people descend. Um, so it's going to it's it's going to be interesting to see how how long it takes for people to feel confident. Um, I suppose there's obviously this question about. Um, Will people still go back into offices? I mean, my inclination is that I, I think the idea of everyone working from home forever is probably rather overstated. Um, I suspect that it was an idea that felt very attractive in the first three months when it was kind of nice weather as well and you could pop out for a walk. I, I suspect for a lot of people it feels um, it's like winter time. It's not felt the, that attractive. So I'd be, I think I'd be surprised if... Um, if that kind of wild idea of a few months ago, this was the end of offices, has any resonance, I'd be surprised about that. I mean, I think that you'd imagine that some people who do very long commutes on a daily basis may very well not do it every day. They might do it once a week. I, I suspect that might make some sense. Certainly, if I was one of those, I think I would be thinking, I've now learned to way through you know, Teams or Zoom, I've learned a way to do stuff that doesn't involve journeys. Um, I think there are, there's journeys that, I mean, there's meetings that I have now, which, um, I mean, recently, I mean, last week I had a meeting with one of the ministers. Under normal circumstances, what that would mean is you'd have to travel down to London, um, you know, at considerable cost and that kind of stuff. It was 20 minutes, he logged in, I logged in, we had 20 minutes and he carried on. So I, I, I would expect that to still be a, a sort of way in which the world will work. But I think it's, I think the, the major, the major exercise initially is going to be how to get over people's nervousness, um, and just on buses and on and on trains, really, just to make those short journeys. And it will be interesting to see how long that takes. Yeah, and I don't think there's an easy answer to that because I think you're quite right. A big part of that will be that for many people, there's uh, there's benefits in working from home at least some of the time. So we're going to sort of forge a path where we're doing uh, a bit of everything, figure yeah. that out as we go along. And of course, you know, how you say confidence in the, in the public transport system and uh, it's going to be really important and I think yeah we're not we're obviously not quite there yet it looks like we're no, still no, well, we've never been you know this is a this is a very unusual set of circumstances you know the idea that we've people have been almost forbidden to use public transport for the last year at the sort of on the basis of their health and things of that nature it's 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 going to be an interesting moment when suddenly people say no 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 now you can go back and do it kind of thing I, I think that's going to be interesting to watch yeah absolutely well we'll we'll see how it unfolds and of course transport for the north um yourself councillor riley as a member and all the other members across the north will be very much um feeding into what that process what that future may look like using as we always do local insights local experience focusing on the the needs of the region to make sure that we're uh, we're getting a good deal and that we're supporting our 
people and businesses to get where they need to be. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been really interesting to hear the uh, the Blackburn perspective. So uh, it's been great chatting to you, Councillor Riley. Um, don't forget our listeners, make sure that you are subscribed to our podcast on SoundCloud or Spotify or wherever you're listening. Uh, get onto our social media pages to get all the latest news as it happens uh, and sign up for our All Points North newsletter on our website as well. Thanks again for listening and uh, I look forward to chatting with you all soon. Thanks for listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe on Spotify and SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook for all our latest updates. And join us on our website where you can find all the latest news and sign up to our All Points North newsletter.